Hey everybody, this is Patty. Welcome to the Witching Hour. We have a great guest for you today, Jamie Wagoner. You are going to love her. But before I bring on Jamie, where's Patty? Right here, right now. I'm packing though. If you are tuning into this the week we first drop, which is the week of Monday, January 15th, 2024, I am packing for Hanover Paracon. Hanover Tavern Paracon. I believe it's in Virginia. So I'm going to be there this weekend. And then I'm going to be back home again. I have my regular Tuesday classes at University Magicus. Of course, you've got to join us on Wednesdays for the Witches Movie Coven. Um, and after that, I'm home for a while. April, I'm going to be at the Old Globe Paracon in Arizona. If anybody's in that area, I've never been to the Old Globe. I think it's a fabulous and haunted place. May, of course, plan now because that is mine and my friend Father Sebastian's vampire and witch tour of Romania. Don't want to miss it. One of a kind, a vampire and witch tour of Romania with me and Father Sebastian. It, I'm excited. Ah! And then while we're there, I'm going to do a Paris ball that next weekend. So lots to do. June, we're going to get into the Ventura County Parapon. We have Spirits in the Sky coming up. But I'm not going to tell you all that. Go to pattynegri.com, sign up for my newsletter, follow me on social media, and you'll see where I am. Get some merch, go to my website, get some power panties, because you got to start 2024 with power panties, or a nice spellcaster hoodie, or something from the Witch's Movie Coven. Who does not need a pillow with Richard Lale's head on it? I do. Anyway, that's it. Where am I? I am home, but I'm packing. See you soon. everybody. Guess what time it is? It is time for the Willow Report. Yes, indeed. She's a little angsty right now because I just dropped a cookie, but we'll get it afterwards. I thought I would talk about sleeping with your babies. Yes, indeed. She is definitely in bed with my husband and I pretty much every night. And a lot of you sleep with your dogs. A lot of you don't. But for those of you who do you want to know the reasons that they like it so much? Because, number one, it literally is a bonding experience for them. Just like we want to lay with our partner, our family, our femme, they do the same thing. Number two, they really do it for warmth. Body heat is body heat, so they like to do it. And number three, they're protecting us. Isn't that cool? Body warmers, protection, and bonding. I highly recommend sleeping with your animals. Please don't take that out of context. <laughs> That's the Willow Report. Hey, everybody, for this week's magic lesson, we're going to talk about directions, clockwise, counterclockwise. In the witchy world, we call it diosol and widdershins. Now, what it really is, yes, it's magic, but it's also science. So if you live anywhere below the equator, it's completely opposite of everything I'm telling you. Just like how water runs down the sink opposite, that's what we're talking about. But directions in magic and witchcraft are really, really important. Literally, again, above the creator, whenever you're going clockwise, you are adding something in. Say you want to stir your morning coffee and you need a little more inspiration. Stir it clockwise and put your intent of inspiration into your coffee or tea or whatever you're doing. 
If you want to release something, that would be widdershins or counterclockwise. Like, I'm a little stressed right now. I'm going to stir it left. You could do it with almost anything. I always talk about my house clearings and going counterclockwise to clear the house and then clockwise to clear it. But you could do it with pretty much anything. In our morning walks, my little walking and workout crew, there's a lone orange cone. One of those construction cones, you could find them everywhere. They're sitting around the street. And we were drawn to it one day. And now every day when we walk by, we do a circle. We do a circle going anything we want to add into our life that day or into our awareness, into our way of being. We march around that silly orange cone clockwise, and then we move on. And on the way back, we think about what is something I want to release or let go of right now? We go counterclockwise, counter, Widdershin, Widdershin. So on the way in, it might be, I need more money and going through here or more discipline. On the way home, it might be, I want to lose that five pounds. I want to do whatever that is. It really works. It works the mind, body, spirit that I work my magic off in, which is science, which is spirituality. And it gives you tangible action. And you literally are working into the magnetics of Earth. Magic and science crashing together like waves on the ocean. So remember that everybody above the equator, clockwise, anything to add, counterclockwise, anything to release or let go of. Easy as that. Get creative. Magic is everywhere. You just have to figure out which way to go sometimes. I have a beautiful guest for us today. She is a witch. She is a priestess. She is a teacher. She is a filmmaker. And she is the author of an upcoming book called Hades. Please welcome Jamie Wagoner. Thank you so much, Jamie. Thank you so much, Patty, for inviting me to be on the show. It's really wonderful to meet you today. I am thrilled to have you. I don't even have your book yet, but it'll be out in a couple of weeks for everybody. But going through your website, you are quite an accomplished little thing. You are. Thank you. Activists. And it just made me very happy. So for, so for anybody who doesn't know you yet, which they will. So since you, you're like an octopus with fingers out there everywhere, kind of what is your thing right now? Is it all about your book coming out? I want to talk about everything, the film you have coming out and all sorts of stuff. But where do you want to start? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I love being described as, as an octopus. That's the first time ever, anyone's ever called me that. I love it. it it's a compliment. <laughs> that probably, it probably perfectly sums up what's going on. The big things going on for me right now, of course, is the, the book launch of Hades. Hades mm. is going to be available in just over a month. February 8th is when the print copies start shipping. And actually, I have the galley copy of the book of Hades here. Oh, there we go. There it is. <laughs> this is a galley copy that the uh, publisher sends me prior to it being released out there in the world. And so I have a lot of events planned. I have a book launch event in Atlanta and a couple in Birmingham. And I'm going to be doing a conference circuit in the esoteric witchy community. I'll be at several conferences like Botanica Obscura and Paganicon and talking about Hades and other mysteries of the underworld. So that's a really big thing that's going on right now. And my teaching collaboration, which is called Way of the Weaver, actually goes on all year long. We have programs that start and finish all the time. And we actually have one that's coming up really soon. It starts Monday. And the topic is an online module. 
And the topic is death priestessing, tending the threshold of transition. So it combines a little bit of magic, a little bit of witchcraft and folklore, uh, especially surrounding rituals of death and dying and how we take care of those who are making that transition and also how we interact with ancestors and ghosts and things of that nature. And there's all kinds of things that Umbrella covers. So at the moment, those are the two biggest things going on. Octopus. Yeah. And yeah, I was reading that both. So it's different than like a death doula per se. You're not training to be that. It's just dealing with death, which is timely. Death is inevitable and always happens. And this last year or two, it's more prominent than it's been in the past. So I love that you're doing that. Yeah, I, most of my work, honestly, surrounds topics of death and dying. And a lot of people ask me often, they're like, is that kind of morbid to be in that energy all the time? But I don't really consider it that way. I really think that death workers like death doulas, death priestesses, celebrants, all of those kinds of people that help us in those traditions, or excuse me, in those transitions are really important. There's a yeah. certain spiritual and emotional capacity that we really need, that we're really lacking in these times. We have climate chaos, we have ongoing war, we have cultural shifts, in addition to all the things that happen to us personally, right? Right, yes. <laughs> so we really need people with that sort of uh, spiritual, emotional intelligence to help us out, to you know, help us through those times, giving that us is, care before and after. That is beautiful. So tell us about Hades. Hades is a Greek god. It's a Greek god. Not one I'm actually familiar with. Is that odd from which not to be familiar with him? Or is he just... He's... <laughs> <laughs> it's not odd at all, actually. I think most people, at least if you're growing up in North America or Europe, you're very familiar with the name Hades. You probably know that he's the god of yes. the underworld from Greek mythology, because most people know that. He's one of the big three with his brothers Zeus and Poseidon. They rule the three realms of Greek mythology. So Zeus, of course, is a god of Mount Olympus, of the sky, of the air. Poseidon is a god of the oceans and of water. And Hades is the god of the underworld. So everything from the top layer of soil down <laughs> is Hades' purview. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know, I would say I know more about Poseidon and Zeus and Persephone and all these family members, but I guess I'm top down. I don't know. Well, anyway, is this one of your deities you work with when your patron or Yes, I would say, especially in the past, I want to say six years or so, Hades has become the primary deity of my practice. I consider myself a pagan polytheist. I believe that there are countless real gods out there in the world. They all have their unique agendas and agencies, and none of them are more real than others. There's just certain ones that I choose to hang with. <laughs> and Hades is one of those. Unexpectedly, really. I had mostly hung out with goddesses before Hades. <laughs> You're not alone. The reason that people don't know a lot about Hades, other than the fact that he's the god of the underworld, has something to do with death and dying, and that he purportedly stole Persephone. <laughs> <laughs> and kidnapped her to the underworld. Those are pretty much the things people know about him. He's often, he enters 
the stories of, of a lot of different characters, a lot of different gods and goddesses from mythology. He'll be in there as someone who is adding to the story or is help driving the plot line or something like that. But there are no myths in which Hades is a central character. And so that's why people don't really realize how much depth um, and variety there is to his person. It's very hard to find all those fragments. Um, to write the book about Hades, I had to really um, rely on uh, some academic background that I have and really dig in because you can't just go to uh, one central myth, right? You can't just go to the Odyssey or to the Iliad or to the Homeric epics. You really have to sift through a lot of things from the ancient Greek and Roman world, philosophy, plays, pieces of art, fragments of art that we have left over, things like that. It was a lot of excavation work, but it was really worth it to learn so much about him. And also, I'm really excited to be able to share this with other people, because I think that other people may make a, a connection with him like I did. That's beautiful. So you just backdoored into it and then he was yeah, your, your new deity of choice. I like that. He needs but another. It was no, when he chose me, then I, chose... then I chose him. I that... didn't really seek him out. And I explain that in the book, actually. And I explain in, in here, I go through the, the fact that I was on a ritual facilitation team and we were doing, and we were doing a week long experience as a camp with, it had five rituals. And each member of the team took on a particular energy from the story, just bring that to the group and bring that to the ritual. And we were doing Persephone's Descent. At this time, this was 2016, I was guessing because of my age and my feminine presentation that among the other members of the group, that I might be chosen to, to bring Persephone, to research Persephone and bring the Persephone energy. But one of our really wonderful, amazing, awesome non-binary team members wanted Persephone. And that was really cool. So we got to rock some like cool, like gender play, role play. And I just waited till the end and nobody had chosen poor Hades. <laughs> so I said, okay, I'll do Hades. And that was the beginning uh, of it all. So one of the reasons I really wanted to write the book after, after studying uh, him and working with his energy so much is I didn't have anything to study. There aren't really any books like this. There's no really, there's no place to go to learn this information. And so I'm thinking like, oh my goodness, there's gotta be other folks out there like me that love the spooky stuff, that aren't really afraid of death and dying, <laughs> that want to connect with this really chthonic, earthy energy. And I would love to be able to give them whatever humble, advice and techniques I, I have to give them something to go on. And if they're starting out in the place that I was in and they don't really have a lot of the information that they're looking for. That's beautiful. He just needs a better press agent. I live in Hollywood. It's all in the PR. So how, okay. So you discovered this deity and he, he mm -hmm. worked for you. He chose you. How is his way relevant now in 2024? What, how different goddesses and gods have different things. Yeah. How do you see him as being really relevant? We talked about a little bit about having this emotional and spiritual intelligence around death and dying. So yes. certainly that is one of his major purviews. Like he, one of his epithets, which is basically a, a creative or poetic name, a way to describe a deity. One of his epithets is polydegmon, and that translates into the host of many. And it refers to the fact that he is he welcomes all the dead to his home and he hosts them there. 
And that is above and beyond anything else that he does. That is his primary function, right? He can really help us with a groundedness and a stability when we're dealing with this chaos of transition. Also, there's several relevant themes in in his mythos. Like we talked about Hades and Persephone, right? Which Mm -hmm. for some people can be a hard myth to approach. (laughs) And I actually struggled with that as well. I was beginning to feel very deep feelings of devotion for Hades, but as a longtime feminist and a longtime (laughs) goddess worshiper, I also was struggling with how do I reconcile my love for this deity and what he does and represents and brings to my life with the fact that he may have kidnapped a woman against her will (laughs) and drug her to the underworld. But the more I dug into it, my, my methods, they're not only research-based, I also do a lot of trance journey and a mm. lot of magical work with Hades and with Persephone and other den- uh, denizens of the underworld to try to recover their stories in their own voice. And I asked them to tell me what's relevant for us now, what's relevant for this modern audience that's going to be reading this book. And I talked to, interviewed some other devotees and things like that. And what I discovered is They said, our story is so much, (laughs) and talking about Hades and Persephone in particular, that story is so much about consent, violation of consent, boundaries. These are things we still deal with. And the fact that we can't, and I go, this is like very explicit in the book, the fact that we have very little to go on whether Persephone actually said yes or no. We don't know. (laughs) We don't know. And we might never know. And that is part of the brilliance of the story because it leads to so many conversations. And when we start talking about those things, I think there's some real magic in seeing what we can do to make reparations and reduce harm now for us in our modern society, right? And so they, these, the, our ancestors that wrote this down and these gods gifted us with this huge conversation starter. Just really surprising things like that came out in the process of writing Hades. That's beautiful. And the book itself, it's get to know this deity, right? You have meditations, rituals. Hey, everybody, this is Patty Negri. Welcome to the witching hour. Yes, that hour of the day when the veil is thin and magic happens. I have a beautiful guest for us today. She is a witch. She is a priestess. She is a teacher. She is a filmmaker. And she is the author of an upcoming book called Hades. Please welcome Jamie Wagoner. Thank you so much, Jamie. Yeah, basically, it's a book that you can approach whether you have studied magic for a long time, like you and I have, or it's a book that you can also approach if you're a beginner when it comes to this kind of stuff, right? Because I not only talk about all of Hades, all of his different epithets, the names that he's called, all the different places he appears, and what we have that's surviving of Greek and Roman culture. I talk about his like plants that are sacred to him, like where the plants show up in his stories. I talk about the animals that are sacred to him, where they show up, because that's another way that we can get to know him, right? Because we're familiar with plants. We know what plants and animals are like, and that can help us like figure out Hades' energy, right? 
And I go through some very basic magical techniques, such as setting up an altar, making a ritual calendar, how to make offerings, how to engage in trance journey, just some very basics like that, how to cast and ward a circle, how to call quarters. But everything is within the lens of working with Hades and the underworld. So if you are a practitioner who's more advanced and you already know these things and know how to do them, I think you'll still learn something because I've applied that underworld lens to it. It's maybe just right. a different way of thinking about it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Is there any, again, since he's not the most popular of all gods, as again, bad press agent, is there any warnings about this to people? Like going, eh, if you're squeamish about death and dying, maybe he's not the deity yeah. for you? Or yeah, there's actually, I think there's three disclaimers in the book. <laughs> And it's not because he's scary or harmful per se, but I think that, I think like with any magical practice, honestly, when you approach magic, you have to be aware of its very real potential to change your life. And sometimes it changes it in very unexpected ways, right? And so I think if you do an honest self-evaluation, am I in a good place right now? Am I a good place mentally, spiritually, emotionally? Do I have the support I need? Is my anxiety at a manageable level? If you do that self inventory, you're gonna be fine. <laughs> you Beautiful. know, I think I can't, if, I... yeah, you just need that self awareness, and you're gonna be fine. I just like to tell people use a buddy too. Tell somebody like, hey, I just discovered this new book, and it's about Hades, right? And it's got some really deep stuff in it. It deals with death and shadow and desire and all kinds of topics. And I'm starting it and I'd love for you to read it with me. But even if you don't want to read it with me, check in with me every so often because I need a buddy to check in and you can make sure that I'm not getting too far. I'm not getting so sucked yeah. into this that I'm losing my self-awareness. So buddies can be helpful. <laughs> yeah, buddies are great and fun anyways. And again, since my yeah. best buddies got my copy of the book, so I guess we're going to have to do that as well. <laughs> I, once I get it back. I love it. Uh, yeah. I love it. I love so it. It, it's going to be out February 8th, you said? February 8th, yeah. It's actually been up for pre-order for a long time. You can pre-order it from Llewellyn Publications, the publisher, by going to their website. Or you can open, oh, actually, on Llewellyn, it's really cool because they have a look inside, a little, it's like a little app on their website. And so you can look inside and get a little preview of Hades. So that's really cool. I really su I suggest looking at that. But it's also on Amazon if you want to do Amazon as well. Both, uh, both options are available. So pre-orders are up and uh, the books officially ship on February 8th. Beautiful. I can't wait. So you guys check it out. Hades. Check yeah. them out. So I want what I got excited too about, I know it's not here yet, but the film you're doing, the Sisterhood movie. Yes. Tell us about yes. that. I actually am working as a writer and a producer on a, a film that is tentative, tentatively titled Sisterhood, How Women Can Save the World. And this is a movie that's being developed by the production company Soulful Media, which is run by a very good friend of mine, Isadora Leidenfrost. Isadora has produced many films. I think the total is 14, but don't quote me on that. And many award-winning films. And the movie, the basis of it is we're looking at communities of women around the world. So we're going to follow six communities of women because we're going to six different continents. The only one we're not going to is Antarctica. <laughs> and we're going to follow what this particular community of women is doing, how they're working together, how they're like working in the spirit of sisterhood and community to to 
basically shift paradigms and make lasting changes in their community. As a framework, we're using the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. In particular, we're looking at good health and being, decent education, peace, justice, and strong institutions, climate action and change, reduced inequalities, and what's the sixth one that I'm missing? Oh, decent work and economic growth. There we go. <laughs> so we're looking how we're looking at, it's really interesting because we're looking at, it's not just like nonprofits or things like that. We're looking at entrepreneurs. We're looking at women who have started groups on their own in their communities and how there's, those have grown. We're looking at women who are mentoring other women and, and bringing them into the conversation and bringing them into this process of change. So it's a very, it's an ambitious film. <laughs> it's going to take a little while to, we're in, we're just barely entering the production stage right now. We were in pre-production for a while. So we will, we've done some filming uh, here in the United States at some conferences, but we'll start traveling toward the end of the year. But the whole goal behind this is my friend Isadora and I, we've been friends for about 20 years. <laughs> And we are two women who have some, we have my background before I became a writer and a teacher of esoteric things. I was a creative director in the Atlanta market. So I spent a long time in the marketing and creative industry. And Isadora, of course, is a filmmaker. So we have a certain skill set and we're like, we want to impact change as well. So coming together as two women with a skill set, what can we do? And so we're like, we can make a movie. <laughs> That's what we can do. And so we're hoping that by showing these stories of ordinary people doing things in their home communities, that it will inspire others to see, to look and see what they can do, how they can come together and how we can all mend this world. Yay. Cause we need it. It must've, I just keep thinking, going. How did you pick the right groups? Okay, here's a continent. We have to find one group of women. Since we're on the witching hour, I think I can honestly say it was magic. Yes, you can. <laughs> it was a lot of research. So basically, we just we started with an area, right, like Europe or Australia. And then we started, just from there, we started digging in. Who is doing what? Where are they doing it? What are people talking about? And it's a long process of actually had, I don't even, I, Patty, I have lost track of how many Zoom meetings <laughs> with people all over the world, which is really cool because I have met so many cool women, but we just, honestly, we just started just cold pitching the idea to people when we found like we were really interested and we had vetted them. And in that process, some people were interested in taking a meeting, some people weren't. And we worked through that process until we distilled it down. And we have some really awesome women doing really great things now. That's amazing. And I love that you're doing it worldwide because I travel a lot too. And the energy is so different. I've spent a lot of time in Australia the last year or so. And I would even think creating, doing, being in Australia is different than creating, doing, being mm -hmm. in Africa or Europe or anywhere else. Did you feel that? Did you? I know. Yeah, you're just definitely. Starting to One of them. Definitely. One of the main goals from the very beginning, because we started out, one of the first things we did other than our research was we wrote a values and ethics statement. And in our values and ethics statement, we really wanted to center inclusivity, 
diversity of expression, diversity of appearance, diversity of voices and experiences. We really want to center decolonization and not being extractive as we're filming and coordinating with people. So those values were really important to us. And for example, in Australia, we're working with a wonderful group. It's called Wiyani Utengani, which is actually a, an Aboriginal term, and it means women's voices. And so we're actually working with their social justice commissioner, whose name is June Oscar. She is a, an Aboriginal woman. She's from the Kimberley region of Australia. So we're not only going to interview, June is also going to take us to her hometown so we can talk to a lot of the other women there. And we can really uplift their voices and have them talk about making change in their own way. Hopefully, if you're watching the film, you may not resonate with every single story, but hopefully you'll see at least one, two, three, four, five women in there that you're like, okay, I identify with her. That's beautiful. What a great idea. And you have the school, which is beautiful. We're going to have you guest at my school one of these days. Oh my goodness, I would love it. Let's I would it love it. Maybe do a special on Hades and then... Yes, yeah, I, I get the best guess because it's an online yeah. school called University Magicus, goofy name for a non-so-goofy school. It's fun, but yes, but again, it. Hades, I, is, I have to be the first one in the class to learn about this, so we'll talk later. <laughs> That'd be but, awesome. No, we would love to have you at our school as well. It's We, we called it a community. It's called Way of the Weaver. We wanted to make it inviting for folks of all backgrounds to feel like they could come in and learn. And it's not based in a specific tradition of witchcraft or a specific esoteric school of thought. We basically, my collaborator is Murphy Robinson. Murphy Robinson is a trans masculine wilderness guide and activist who lives on the side of a mountain in Vermont. So we're an wow. odd couple, the two of us, but I think it works really well. Um, and we basically teach a magical skill set, but we teach it as like an open source technology, right? So we just invite folks to come. We teach them what we know. There's a lot of group interaction and community building. And then we encourage them to just go out back to their home communities, take that skill set and share it with everyone else, right? It's meant to be shared. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. it's basically also just a very a safer place for people to come, uh, especially if they don't feel like they fit into other types of spiritual groups. I think we're a, a safer place. Which is, again, we must be like soul sisters of so ours is the very same. We have 20 teachers, all different belief systems. The one thing I, you don't say that this is the truth. This is a truth. This is my truth because we're all of yeah. different paths, not even all pagan. We have some demonologists, bishop priest types of werewolves and vampires and witches and pagans and Vikings. And it's like, it sounds awesome. It, it is awesome. But the, my one thing is we don't want to be universitymagicus.com. There, my beautiful producer puts it up. We just want it to be an open, safe forum. Same thing. All positive, yeah. but out there. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And we have a lot of, we have, we just have a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun teaching and sharing and, and building community. Sometimes it's online. Sometimes it's in person. We, when we do the in-person retreats, it's on Murphy's land up in Vermont. So we have a kind of a beautiful, wonderful witchy camp for adults. 
which is fun. That would be beautiful. We haven't done anything live at all yet. That's a goal, but that's beautiful in Vermont. So what's up next? You have your book, your launch, so you'll be doing lots of things. You're just starting filming. You must have three other jobs over your octopus legs. (laughs) My octopus legs. Also interested in, I I do actually want to write a sequel to Hades. I already have it outlined. I've already started working on it because the Greek underworld is such a rich place. There are so many different types of beings that are there. For example, you have Charon, the ferryman. You have the Furies. You have the Fates. You have Thanatos and Hypnos and Nyx and Erebus. You have so many beings that are associated with the underworld. And they all bring particular magics. And I'm a plant nerd. I love working with plants. I was only able to incorporate 20 plants in this book. So I have a list of like 40 more plants that I want to talk about. And I want to, I think this book, this first one, Hades, is the foundation of like how to start. And then I want to write one that also does a little deeper dive. So that's what I'm working on right now. But it also includes a lot of magical like experimentation. So I have have a plan over this coming year to try out some things, see if they work um, and get that incorporated into the books. Yeah, just that's the next biggest thing, I think. That's good. That's good. Keep on writing. We do have very many. My producer just wrote a little note. Like we have many things in common. Like Richard Estep, both know both him. Heather, Heather Green, we both knew. Again, both work well in. So I have to give huge props to Richard Estep because he is, in fact, he's in the acknowledgments of Hades. Richard, I met at the Haunted America conference, which happens in Illinois. It's Troy Taylor's conference. You might be familiar with that. I don't know that one. Um, I go to a lot of Paracon. That's my gig, but don't know that one yet. Yeah, Haunted America is really is great. And I uh, met Richard there. He was presenting and he also did an after hours workshop on publishing from his own experience because he has published many books, both traditional and independent. And he I, I went to his workshop. He's fantastic. He gave me some advice on how to formulate my pitch and my outline. And he's a Llewellyn author. So he's, oh, you're pitching to Llewellyn? Do this. And so I followed his advice and it totally worked. And there you go. <laughs> so major props to Richard. And I know that you also know Heather Green. Yes. So Heather Green is my acquisitions editor at Llewellyn. So she was the one that actually submitted, that I submitted to, and she worked up my contract for Hades. Small world. <laughs> it is a small world. It is a small community. It is. We're like a little hometown all over the world. And that makes me very happy. Anyway, mm. before we go, tell everybody again where they can find you if they're interested, your school, your books, your this and that, where they can get the book when it comes out, social media. How do we find Jamie? Okay. You can go to my website. Everything is on the website. Everything I do. It's jamiewagoner.com. It's J-A-M-I-E-W-A-G-O-N-E-R. And there's links to order the books and Hades and other books that I have contributed pieces for. In fact, I think we have both contributed for the Feminine Macabre. Feminine Macabre. Yes. I just... Yeah. So all of that's there. Past projects. Murphy and I, we do a Way of the Weaver podcast, which is free. And it's just out there where we talk about magic. Pretty casual. 
<laughs> so you can download that if you're interested. If you want to buy, if you want to purchase a copy of Hades, please go to the Llewellyn website, Llewellyn.com. You can buy it there or you can buy it through Amazon. Once it's out there in the world in February, go to your independent bookstore and ask them to yes. order it for you because we love yes. independent bookstores, right? <laughs> we do. We want and to keep them alive. Yeah. Yeah, and coming up, I will be at a couple conferences uh, really soon. I'm going to be at Botanica Obscura, which is an online conference for all of us plant nerds out there. And I'm also going to be at Paganicon in the Twin Cities area in Minnesota. So if you want to come, I'm doing a couple presentations there, one on Hades and one on death resixing. So I'd just love to, I'd love to meet you. I'd love to have you follow me on social media. I'm J.M. Wagoner on social media. J as in Jamie, M as, Min as Michelle, and then Wagoner, at J.M. Wagoner. And I think, yeah, I think that's about it. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I'm so around. like her, I'm follow her. And yeah, that's good. Like her, follow her, get her book, and show up at Paganicon. <laughs> so thank you. I, one more thing before we go. I like priestics. That's a new word for me. You have a priest, priestess. It's a pre new gender neutral. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically adopting just that because that. of you. Great. Oh, that's I'd never awesome. heard it before. It's, just, it's like, yeah, oh, that's just good. priest with an X on the end so that priestics. it's all inclusive of, of any gender that you might identify with. Yeah. That's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jamie. Thank you for coming on and bringing your beautiful magic to the witching hour.